0: praise the name of the lord and i want to bless the lord for you god bless you thank you for tuning in in the mighty name of jesus i trust the lord that you are being blessed all this way this is pastor dennis amato from freedom experience ministry and i want to take you into this wonderful wonderful teaching series about the experience of god's new testament uh, economy. We have seen that God has got a plan and in his plan we want to see what God was up to. Even in the old time we are now talking about God and his work. Now this being episode 53 it means you need to go and listen to the previous ones to see where we are coming from and where we are today. Now we are. we have been talking about God's work in the New Testament. And we trust the Lord that in His New Testament He has been busy at work carrying out a, a dispensation Carrying out a work in that dispensation he Was carrying out an activity We saw several works that the Lord did in the Old Testament And today I want to right away begin with what God was doing We ended seeing by that God in the Old Testament was promising Abraham that through his seed, Christ, the blessing of the people would come to all the families of the earth, and we went on to see a lot of uh, aspects that was the, the the aspect of the good land, and even the the uh, we came to know that uh, it was typifying the Christ today as our good land or as our all inclusive land. We need to go back to that episode have that details I want to continue with it. number six which is condemning Sodom and Gomorrah to rain them by fire. He condemned Sodom and Gomorrah raining them by fire. Now, second 2 Peter 2:6 2, says that having reduced to ashes the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah he condemned them to rain having sent an example to those who intended to live an ungodly life. Now, In the Old Testament, we see that God went on to condemn Sodom and Gomorrah, rain by fire. Now, this did as an example those who would live an ungodly life. Now, to live an ungodly life is to live in the flesh, in the lusts of men, not in the will of God. When you read First Peter chapter four, verse two, it is to work. Out the desires of the nations like when people rise up to do what they want to do according to their nations and according to whatever is in their society Bible says in First Peter chapter 4 verse 2 and 3 it says that uh, that he no longer should live rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men but to the will of God verse 3 says that the time past of our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles, and we walked in lasciviousness, lusts, excess of wine, revelings, banquetings, and abominable idolatries. So these are all termed as works of the flesh, the desires of the nations and to live even in a vain and ungodly manner of life where the lord delivered us by his blood according to 1st 1 peter 1:18 1 so we see that people who live such a ungodly life should be warned by this example now you want to proceed on the seventh work that god did in the old testament and i want to spend some good time on this one Now another work was God was choosing the children of Israel the descendants of Abraham making them his people as a type of the church. See that in his old administrative arrangement God chose the children of Israel, the descendant of Abraham and he made them his people as a type of the church. Glory to God. So as a type of the church we see that when you read in Romans chapter 9 11-13 eleven to thirteen, and also Acts seven, thirty-eight. Shall read Acts seven thirty-eight. You see that God was bringing out a picture out of what was in the Old Testament. The Bible says in seven thirty-eight that this is He that was in the church in the wilderness, with the angel which spake to him in the mountain Sinai. And with our fathers who received the, the lively oracles who give unto us. Now this was Stephen uh, before he was being martyred. He had seen a vision and an understanding that in the Old Testament the children of Israel were a church in the wilderness, that received the commandments, the oracles of God. So in the Old Testament the church is not mentioned in plain words. However we see that here there are types And they are portraying the church The children of Israel as the chosen people of God Are the greatest collective type of the church In which we can see that the church is chosen The church is redeemed by God The church enjoys Christ And the spirit as the life supply church, uh, Israel uh, like a church builds God's habitation, inherits Christ as its portion, degrades and is captured and is recovered and awaits Christ's coming. Now when you look unto the picture of Israel in the Old Testament you see that Israel as a chosen people we are chosen just as we have been chosen and this is a collective type of the church that whereby we see the church is chosen, just as Israel was chosen, church is redeemed, just as Israel was redeemed from Egypt, church begins to enjoy Christ and the Spirit as the life supply, just as Israel in the desert enjoyed the manna from heaven, typifying Christ, and the water from the rock, typifying the spirit. You see? So the church builds God's habitation just as Israel by the leadership of, of Moses built the tabernacle. And then the church uh, inherits Christ as its portion just as Israel by Joshua inherited the good land. We see that the church also degrades and is captured. Today the church is degrading and it is being captured, it is being captured by worldly powers, by uh, satanic uh, usurpation, just as Israel degraded when they had entered into the land, they uh, they were like they began to be corrupted and they were captured by other nations like the Midianites, like the Philistines, like the Babylonians. You see, so until we are recovered, the church is also recovered. So in we are in the season whereby the church is degrading being captured. At the same time, the church is being recovered because God is doing a recovery work in this era. Praise the name of Jesus. And the church is awaiting. It is awaiting God. Christ is coming just as Israel was waiting for a king. They they were waiting for a king, waiting for even a redeemer, a savior. In the days of Jesus Christ, they were waiting for a king who was to lead and to take over Israel, to save them from the Roman uh, Roman Empire. Praise the name of Jesus. So, This is a great work in the old dispensation. But God prepared such an all-inclusive type of the church. And we see that Paul applies the history of the church, uh, the children of Israel to the New Testament church life today. When you come to the book of Hebrews, living in 1 Corinthians, Paul points out clearly that what happened to the children of of Israel is a type to us, a type of us. And he says in First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 6, that these things happened as an example. We should not follow after the uh, the last that made them to go astray. But we see in this picture that the entire history of Israel is a story of the church. You should come to this awareness that the story Israel is a story of the church today in reality Bible then contains two histories That's so why we have two testaments in the first testament we have the history of Israel and in the new testament we have a history of the church the history of the children of Israel is a type and the history of the church is the fulfillment of the type so therefore the entire Bible gives us simply one revelation. Revelation of God's economy concerning the church. Revelation of God's plan concerning the church. Now in the Old Testament we have a type and a picture is the name of Jesus. Alas, in the New Testament we have the reality. So You see that what was the picture of God's economy concerning the church is now in the New Testament God's economy concerning the church being fulfilled. So in the New Testament it was fulfilled. That which was a type and a picture. want us to proceed to number 8. Uh, the 8th work of God in the old dispensation. It was to give the law. He was working out giving the law and making an old covenant. And I want to spend the rest of the minutes on this one. Then we shall continue within uh, the the, the next episode. Now, in giving the law and making the old covenant, we see that part of God's work in the old dispensation was to give the law and also to make the old covenant covenant. The Bible says in the book of John chapter 1 verse 17 it says that the law was given through Moses. Hallelujah. This law was given through Moses and the Bible is revealing to us that as the law was given to Moses we see that grace and truth they came by Jesus Christ is the name of Jesus. Now we see that the law was also given to expose what man is and where man is. best way for man to be exposed is to cause his situation to be seen in the light of God's attributes. Now, that means that the Ten Commandments are composed mainly of four divine attributes. The attributes of God, four attributes of God, they expose man's condition. The attributes are holiness, righteousness, light, and love. Remember, we spoke about the attributes of God. We spoke about them, so many of them. But we have four. Thereby, God is holy and righteous, and he is also light and love. Now, for you, uh, if you look into the Ten Commandments, you will see that they embody the divine holiness righteousness, light and love. For this reason, the law became God's testimony. In other words, the Ten Commandments testify that God is holy, God is righteous and that God is light and love. God used the, this testimony to expose man. As, a, as man stands before this testimony, his sinfulness is exposed. Whenever the law is read, people begin to reflect their sinfulness because it is exposing the things they are doing. When it says that do not steal, it is exposing that you are stealing. Praise the name of Jesus. When the law was given, the children of Israel promised to obey for these commandments. He told him we are going to do them. When you read Exodus chapter 19 verses uh, eight. You see that, according to their own reasoning, they thought it is something easy to do the laws of God. The Bible says in Exodus nineteen eight, when Moses had told them the command of God, they all the people answered together and they said, "All that the Lord has spoken, we will do." And Moses returned the words of the people unto God. We see that before the children of Israel responded in this way the atmosphere around Mount Sinai was not threatening that's why they were able to approach the mountain after when they had declared that they are going to keep God's commandments yet God knew they cannot the atmosphere changed and became terrifying God exercised His holiness by bringing out fire from the mountain and smoke and the people were not allowed even to approach further to touch the mountain. When they were frightened by the manifestation of God's holiness, then they asked Moses, ah, from this day Moses, go to your God. On our behalf, we shall not come. So, this indicates that the function of the law is to expose fallen man. When God gave the law, he knew that the people would not be able to keep it. But he still gave it to them. In order to expose the people. As the law functions. To expose the people. Again the same time. It keeps them. The law was used by God. As a custodian. To keep his people. Just as if a fold. Keeps a flock of sheep. During the winter. Or during a storm. In those seasons, all sheep kept in the flock. John John chapter 10 gives us this picture when Jesus says, I have I am the shepherd, you are the sheep. He says that there are some sheep they need to bring out of uh, that flock and bring them to me. Praise the name of Jesus. He was now talking about those that were cast under custody of the law has come to be their release, to come where grace is. So the time before the coming of Christ uh, can be compared to a winter season whereby all the people are kept by the law. God used the law as the fold to guard the people. And Paul is making this basic principle clear in the book of Galatians chapter 3 verses 23. He says that before faith came, we were guarded under the law, being shut up unto the faith which was about to be revealed. In verse 24, he goes on to say, So the law has become our child conductor unto Christ, and we might that we might be justified by faith. Now these verses reveal clearly that the law functions as a custodian. As it exposed man's transgression, it guarded people, God's people until Christ came. Glory to God! Praise the name of Jesus. So, in the old dispensation, God not only gave the law to His people, but also made a covenant with them. And concerning this, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter nine, verse eight to twenty. When we read Hebrews chapter 9 verse 18 to 20, it says that neither was the first covenant dedicated without blood. When every covenant commandment according to the law had been spoken by Moses to all the people, he took the blood of the calves and the, and the goats with water and scarlet wool and high soap and sprinkled both the book itself all the people saying This is the blood of the covenant Which God has commanded to you Now we see that The sprinkling of the blood Of the sacrifice was The seeding of the covenant and The completion of the official uh, Performing of the covenant You should know that a covenant Involves two or more parties And here the covenant Was between God and these people. This making of a covenant was a tremendous matter. Using today's words, this covenant was an agreement or a contract. The people, uh, the proper way or for for a contract to be enacted today is for the participating parties to sign it. The time is set, and an official document is prepared. Then all the parties concerned is concerning the. Uh, concerning, concerned, they sign that document and it is now made valid. And in some cases, the parties make even an oath or they pledge by swearing. There we, we have what we call swearing an affidavit. Now, without such an official representation, a contract would exist as a written statement. It would not be binding on either part because it is not so we see that although the law had been given to Moses through through the people through Moses there was still the need for the covenant to be endorsed be enacted so therefore we see that God gave the law he also made a covenant between him and his people God is covenant in the old dispensation was decreed upon his promises. And here we know that a promise is a common ordinary word without confirmation. After God made his promise on the mountain and even in the desert, he sealed it with an oath. He swore by his Godhead that his promise was confirmed. Glory to God. Once his promise was confirmed by an oath it immediately became covenant sealed by God that means that a covenant is is effective when a promise is sealed with an oath praise the name of Jesus Christ so we see that once his promise was confirmed by an oath it now became a covenant Now if you read the Old Testament carefully You will see that God's promises Were all sealed by his oath That the promises Have become now a covenant Means This means that they cannot Possibly be altered They were one time promises But they became covenant Once the promises were confirmed By God's oath Having been made unalterable and it changed. there was no possibility to change them so the promise had been sealed it was no longer a promise it has now become a covenant confirmed by God's oath praise the name of Jesus now I want us to continue with another uh, another work of God in the Old Testament which is promising David king of the chosen race that the fruit of his loins would be the coming Messiah even Christ is the name of Jesus we see we see another work another work of God whereby it was promising God uh, David God went on to promise David the king of the chosen race that the fruit of his loins would be the coming Messiah Christ Jesus hallelujah so God promised David, the king of the chosen race. When you read in uh, in Acts chapter two, verses thirty and thirty-one, it says that, being a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him, of the fruit of his loins, they're talking about David now, he was also is also called a prophet. It says that the fruit of your loins would sit upon his throne? He's seeing this beforehand spoke concerning the resurrection of Christ that he was neither left in Hades nor did his flesh seek corruption. Remember this was a quotation of David in the book of Psalms. And he said that the Lord will not leave my flesh to seek corruption. So the Greek word rendered here fruit in verse 30 is kapos, used for Christ only in the sense of offspring. Offspring. And when you come in the book of Luke chapter 1 verse 42 it is used for the fruit of the tree of life. In Revelation chapter 22 verse 2 we see it as the fruit of the tree of life. And Christ is the branch of the Lord. When you read in Isaiah chapter 4 verse 2 Christ is the branch of this as the offspring of David is the branch of the Lord and of David when you read Jeremiah chapter 23 verses 5 you see and the fruit of Mary and of David they may eat of him as the tree of life the reason why Christ becomes the fruit is that for us we may enjoy by eating him as the tree of life so this was to uh, to promise that such a Christ would come as a great thing and was a glad tiding good news God did this to King David in the old dispensation as a great blessing his chosen people he promised him that I will give you an offspring number 10 of God's work in the Old Testament uh, was uh the only thing is that we don't have time to allow us to open to this new uh, number 10 as another work cause of time. I want to stop here and I'm encouraging someone. When we come back, we shall see uh, God promising the coming gospel of the new dispensation to the prophets among the chosen race. You see that we are going line by line in the dispensation of the old Uh, uh, in the Old Testament we are seeing the movement of God from Genesis now we have come to uh, the King David then we are coming to the prophets it means that God is moving through the dispensation going somewhere even unto the New Jerusalem and we see the things that happened but we are all on purpose God was on purpose we have seen today so far that in the in his work, the old dispensation, God began by creating um, began by the eternity past whereby the eternity past he was doing a work that was invisible to us but he was carrying out even uh, a plan then he, he thought of re, uh, um, selecting us then he went on to carry out the work of uh, choosing us after selecting us then he went on to build and create the universe Then, in in the old dispensation he went on to call Abraham before he called Abraham we see Adam and now they, he fell and now God promised redemption and now he, he was walking with the righteous Enoch and now he prepared Noah those are all God's work in the Old Testament now recently we talked about he called Abraham and now Abraham was chosen and uh, birthed the chosen race. Then we have seen the promising of Abraham the seed Christ then we have seen the condemning of Sodom and Gomorrah to rain by fire the choosing of the children of Israel the descendants of Abraham making them the people as a type of a church, giving them the law and making the old covenant so we have also seen today uh, that he promised David the king of the chosen race that the fruit of his loins would be the coming Messiah Jesus Christ and we shall continue from there to see uh, that there is a promise also of the coming gospel I believe that's going to be our next uh, message in episode 54 the Lord bless you this is Pastor Dennis, Matov, of other from freedom experience ministry and Pala Uganda. Be blessed.